Hello, this is Deanna Heron, and welcome to the Deanna Heron Podcast Show. This podcast is created for the woman who wants to be bold in who you were created to be, to shine bright with grace. My goal is to empower you to become the greatest version of yourself through interviews with successful women entrepreneurs, through question answer sessions, and tips from myself in my 22 years of leadership and entrepreneurship. So let's dive in to the greatest version of yourself. Hello, and welcome to the Deanna Heron Podcast Show. This is Deanna Heron, your host. I'm super excited to be with you today because today I'm going to interview one of my favorite people in the whole world, and I cannot wait for you to experience this powerful woman. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to last week's podcast, it's on extraordinary leadership. And I would love for you to listen to that, incorporate some of those tips into your life to become that best version of yourself. Speaking of extraordinary leadership, I have the pleasure today of being with my soul sister, my ride or die, my one of my tribe of five, Miss Debbie Neal. And there are no words really to express my gratitude for this amazing woman. I can tell you right now, we were placed together many years ago for a reason and for a purpose. We have been through life together. We have been through business together. The two of us have made it to the top 1% of our company, and we have literally grown together, laughed together, cried together, and experienced so many things on our journey to leadership and becoming the best versions of ourselves. Debbie Neal to me is she exemplifies the word power. And today I want to talk all about power. This podcast truly is about helping you find your power, owning your power, creating vision for your life so that you can live out your purpose and impact the lives of others like you were created to be. So Debbie, welcome to the Deanna Heron podcast. Look at us. I'm so proud of what we have accomplished, and I'm so amazingly proud of you, my friend, and the person you are, the businesses you have created. I would love for you just to share what makes you, Debbie Neal, who are you, what are you about? Share some tips, I mean, share some things about your life with us, your family, et cetera. Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, I just want to let the world know that I love this woman. So if you're tuning in to the Deanna Heron podcast show, you're tuning in to Deanna Heron. And so Deanna, you know, I'm I'm all about the law of attraction. I I what you focus on, right? We manifest and we kind of create things and I can remember seeing this woman and watching her get recognized for, for an incredible thing. But I remember seeing, I was off in the distance saying, I don't know who she is, but I know that I need to, I want to get to know her as a human, as a person. Because sometimes when we see, you know, recognition or we see, you know, big accomplishments, it's all incredible, but we don't really get to see the heart behind that person. And so I put that out in the universe. And so years went by and I just kept getting closer to this woman. And so 
when we finally became a thing, right? So <laughs> until like when I became, when I say became a thing, like that can mean anything in today's world. But to me, the version of a thing is just like attached at the heart, attached at the soul, like more than a friendship. It's like, I can say that, you know, I remember I had this really Italian grandmother. And one of the things she said is if you can have five people, like five people in your life that you know, no matter what, they're going to tell you the truth. They're going to be there for you, like through thick and thin. And so through once a vision of getting to know this woman's heart, she is one of my five. And here's the exciting thing about when you think of who your five are. Yes, it's about being a good friend and being reliable and somebody you could laugh with and cry with. But she's also somebody that elevates me and forces me to level up and challenges me. Like you want a truth teller in your life who, because sometimes we all kind of get in those modes where we maybe want to be like stroked or we want to be like, no, you're amazing, sweetie. And, but we don't always give that to each other because sometimes we need to be taken out to the woodshed and we need to hear the truth because our goal is to become the best version of ourselves. And that doesn't happen by saying you're amazing, sweetie all of the time. So that's what this woman is for me. And when I think of mentors in my life, like she's not just my ride or die. She is a mentor to me. She's a leader and not because of her accomplishments, because of the human being that this woman is. I want to be better in her presence. So you guys didn't know you were dialing into a love fest today. Okay. You didn't know that. However, love is the most powerful force in the universe. Love does win. Love does conquer. Love can create anything and everything. And that's why Deanna and I just keep becoming closer and closer because our foundation is truth and love. And with that, anything is possible. So I am, I'm so excited to be here today. And your original question, which wasn't what I just said was, who am I and where did I come from? And a little bit about my family, you guys, I am 49 years old. And I'm going to say that with mm, because it is I have one more year of being in my 40s. And then I'm going to turn 50, which really is today's new 30. So I'm feeling pretty pumped about that. I come from an amazing family. I was born on Long Island. And I, I look back on my life. And I'm going to give you the shortest version of my life, right? Because Yeah, I'm going to give you the shortest version, but I look back now and, you know, we can look back on our life with wisdom and it's all about perspective. And so sometimes when we grow through things in our life, we don't see the value of those things. So I'm going to just share a few values that I learned growing up. Number one, I had a really comfortable life. Great parents. I feel like I wanted for nothing. I, but, but here's, I had my college paid for, which I now know as a parent. I don't think I appreciated as much then as I can now to really understand. Like, I don't think I expressed gratitude then. I think I took it for granted then, but I know different. But I can tell you what was instilled in me a work ethic. I had my first job at 13. I worked at a bakery because nobody was getting up at 5 30 in the morning on weekends to go to a bakery, but I was. You, when I was in college, 
And I worked all throughout high school. But when I was in college, I think of my summers, you guys, I worked five days a week in the housekeeping department of a nursing home, okay? And scrubbing toilets and walk. I had scrubs on when I would go get my bagel sandwich in the morning. I looked like a doctor, okay? But I wasn't. I had the same scrubs on though. I sh- and there's nothing wrong with what I was doing. And I, I, and I have such gratitude for people that truly do this in life, okay? But I did have a vision, right? So get dressed, look the part. And so I ordered my egg sandwich and I went to, to the facility. But you guys, I did that because I was making like, you know, high in the teens an hour and we're going back to my college days. And there's this thing called opportunity costs. I could have gotten a job that was easier. I could have gotten a job that had more fluff, but if I'm going to work, I'm going to work. I want to make money. And then I was working six nights a week at a co- as a cocktail waitress. Cause here's the thing. My college was paid for, but my spending money wasn't. So I crammed in my summers, made as much money as I can. Why? So I can enjoy the season of my life called school. I wanted to enjoy. I wanted to go out. I wanted to socialize. I didn't want to have a job 12 months a year. I wanted to work like a maniac three months a year. Again, I look back on my life now. That was a skill. It led me to 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 my life. And Another thing, when I was in college, and I'm not proud of this, not proud, but my, but there was a reason my first semester, you guys, I got a 1.7, 1.7. My father, who my parents never laid a hand on me in my, in, in, their, in my whole life, but you know, that look you get that look that you think like, like you don't even know what's about to happen and you just scurry like a rat. And so that was me. And my father was furious. And the sad thing was, it wasn't because of academics. It's because I didn't wake up in time to go to school. So, but I eventually got, you know, I was getting good grades. I wanted to get rid of that F. So I took a course to get rid of that F. You guys, that course was public speaking. And I took that course and I and I loved it. I couldn't wait to go to class and I couldn't wait to study and I couldn't wait to get up in front of that room. And I remember giving a, a speech. It was maybe like 20 people. I don't know. But I felt like I was giving like an Independence Day speech. And I sat down and I looked at one of my friends and said, I was meant to fail. I was meant to fail because I see a microphone and I see thousands of people. And there's like a path for me. And then another significant thing I could tell you, you guys, and it's like a whole thing within itself. But at 21 years old, I was told it was like a dark point in my life. And I was told, I'm sorry to tell you, a doctor told me this, you will never be a parent. I'm so sorry. If you have a chance at all, it's like, it it was basically left bleak. And I remember, I don't remember if my sadness, because I remember feeling sad. First of all, I was 21. You you, you know, you kind of want to be a parent, but like, you're not really thinking of it. You're not really planning. And I remember being so dark and so lonely. And I, and I don't know if I cried for days or weeks or months. I don't know. But I do remember that at one point I got up and I drew a line in the sand and I said, absolutely not. I will be a parent. I will be a mom. And I am erasing all of that information from my mind and my heart and my soul. And I am creating my future. And you guys, I have four children that are miracles 
But here's the thing. We all have an opportunity to create some sort of miracle in our life. And I could have listened. And even at that time, that point in my life, I didn't understand the value of it then. It taught me so much. It showed me, I'll tell you the main thing it showed me, God had a plan for my life. And in our darkest times, that's when it's really easy to have faith on a great day. It's easy to have faith when, oh, we're in the swing of life and we're, but do we have faith when we're on our knees? Do we have faith when we, when things seem so dark? Do we have faith when we're like, really? Like if there was a God, why? But there is. And so I look back on my life I was an athlete. I was a tennis player. You guys, my backhand, like most people, were were stronger, was weaker than my forehand. But instead of that's what it was told. Oh, that's normal. Most people's backhand are weaker. You guys, I came from a tennis family, so that was not okay. Like my my grandparents played in the what is now the U.S. Open, and so there was high expectations. But that's good when you have those. I went out and I would play with a ball machine six, seven eight hours a day, whatever it took. Again, that practice, that focus, that discipline, all of these things throughout my life kind of led me to my next things. Like those are some things about me. I could think That's of- awesome. You know <laughs> what? So here's here. I mean, we are, we are similar in so many ways. I think you got a higher GPA your first semester than I did, but I was smart enough to drop those classes and get incomplete. So it didn't affect my GPA. So we have that in common. What we don't have in common is I waited until my last semester in college to take my speech class. (laughs) And I was shaking in my shoes like never, I never want to do this again. It was so terrifying. And, um, but I, that was not like that powerful moment for me. And for you to have that powerful aha moment as a college student is incredible, is absolutely incredible. So I want to go back to your parents, because I think that's so interesting that you lived this great life. You had college paid for, and I know that you're in a position where you can pay for your children's college, but they put a boundary and said, but we're not going to pay for your spending money. How has that translated into your life with your children? Because I'm just speaking from, I know from experience that that can be a little. You and I have had several conversations about this, right? And so first of all, when I say they didn't give me spending money, it's not, I really mean like when I was at college. Okay. And, And I, and I, I can remember, I'll be honest with you, there was sometimes I really felt resentment because I had friends in college with credit cards in their parents' name, right? And they were able to use them. And so part of me was like, well, like they could afford it. Like, why didn't they do it for me? But oh my gosh, what they really did for me had so much more value than giving me some money to buy some things. And so there's always lessons and all of that. Like they really taught me what it was like to have grit and how to strategize and plan and budget. And like I worked my butt off over the summertime. And I can remember looking like when I say it out loud now, it might seem like, well, did you have time for a social life? But I did. I actually had, I only remember the social life. I don't even remember the work, which again, 
I also brought to my regular life or, or my life now. And so my children, I have four amazing children. And you're right, I'm I'm very blessed and I'm able to pay for for their college. And I feel really honored to do that. But you know what also happens when it's kind of done for you? That also becomes a bar. It becomes an expectation that we always, not an expectation, if that makes sense, but we always have that opportunity to do the same thing, be the difference, do something better, whatever the case is. And so with my children, it's the same thing. They all have an incredible work ethic. They all earn money. And my youngest are 16 years old. My Bailey started her own dog business, you know, years ago. She also works for me. She also takes pictures for me. My son, Ryan, has an online, like, unbelievable, like, buy shoes, sell shoes, has bots going, moving money. He has a, an investment account. Like, he kills me, that one. And so there, Tyler is always looking to make money. You know, he works with his dad. He's got great, you know, job. Anything he could do to earn money. Brooke, we know what Brooke does for a living and we're super proud of her. But then I also love to be generous. I love to give, you know, like an example today, I saw my daughter posted on Instagram, you know, I saw I I'm debating between buying this or this, you know, what do you guys think? And I wrote her, I'm like, how much are they? And she's like, I think that she said the necklace was like 120. And I think the the phone case was like 80. I'm like, I want to buy them for you you know? And it's, I watch how hard she's like, and she receives well too. She's like, she didn't say, don't be ridiculous. She's like, Oh, I love you so much. Which card should I use? And, but that, that brings me joy. It brings me joy because I know that they also work. They appreciate the value of a dollar. They're so full of gratitude. They don't ask for anything, but I love to give. It brings me happiness. Yep. And it's true, Debbie, I've, I've watched you and learned so much from you and you are such a precious giver, not just to your family, but for anyone who touches your life. But it, that's a hard one for people who have a level of success because we don't want our kids to struggle, but it's just being able to say no temporarily to some things so that they can have, you know, a, a better future, but your kids do have amazing, amazing work ethics. So, you know, I want to talk to you just a minute because one of the things that that you said that I think is so super powerful, and I guess I didn't realize that you were so young when, when you started seeing obstacles, not as an obstacle, but as a way to work through and refuse to see it as something that was going to let you down, but something that was going to grow you into the person that you were created to be. I mean, 21 being told that you can't have children, um, that's would defeat most people. What advice can you give to people about obstacles? Because I think that's so important for people to understand that every obstacle we go through, right, is going to you know, lead us to greatness or can keep us stuck. So what would be some advice that you could give to people as they're going through certain trials, et cetera, in their life? Well, the Debbie Neal way. The Debbie Neal way. So I can tell you that at 21, I didn't know necessarily that I was talking myself through an obstacle, right? What what brought value to me at that age in that situation was I was an athlete, 
I we build mindset and discipline, right? So it was more that. I did feel sorry for myself, but I wasn't willing to accept that. You know, it was that competitiveness in me that I'm going to prove you wrong type of thing, mind over matter. But as we go through our life, I can honestly tell you, first of all, we've all had obstacles. Like, and I've had stuff. Some, and we don't want to like compare stuff, but like sometimes you and I, we have conversations like, you can't even make this stuff up. You know, there's been times where I've been on my, I could remember specifically at the beginning of 2020, and none of us knew what 2020 was going to have in store. None of us really. And I remember just praying, saying like, this is my year for the next level, like the next level of me. Like I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to expand into my space. I'm, I'm really ready to own becoming more. And then I can remember going through something that I never expected. I never planned for. And I could remember being on my hands and knees with, with shattered fear, anger, tears. I, I, I looked up at God and said, I, this is not what I asked for. But then you know what? When I was done with my pity party, which lasted probably about a week, to be really honest with you, I'd like to say it was days or hours, but it was probably a week. I realized that actually was what I was praying for. We don't know how God is going to show up and we don't know what he's going to lead us through. But when we are ready to expand, when we're ready to grow, that is when things show up in our life because it's so, it's like the honeymoon phase. I'm ready for the next goal. I'm ready for the next level of me. Are you really? Are you really? Because sometimes we look and we think maybe this is a sign that we're on the wrong path. I'm going to challenge you a lot of times, more than a lot, it's probably 99% that you are on the right path. Do you have the guts to follow it? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And that's, that's, such a huge part of success is knowing that and understanding that when you're going through that next level of growth, there's going to be something that will stand in your way and know that it's beautiful on the other side. I think Robin Sharma says, all change is beautiful in the beginning, messy in the middle, something gorgeous at the end. And it's so true because it's it's messy. It is messy. It will absolutely mess your mind up if you allow it to. If you allow it to. That's the thing. It's and it's it's growing through these things. And look, we all have stuff. It's okay. But then it's where can you find the gratitude? Where can you find the silver lining? Where's the lesson? Like it's like it's like looking for God speaking to you. But if you're looking at the ashes, if you're looking at that you're going to miss the light. You're going to miss the way because the obstacle is the way, but it's it's the person you become through the obstacle and how you show up through the obstacle. And, and so many incredible people, they stop and they pause and they doubt and they feel anger and resentment. And that's where faith comes in. God has a plan. 
And when you, you know, here's three things that I always repeat to myself. Number one, everything is always working out for my highest good. And it kind of like centers you. And then I repeat, God has my back. Like he has my back. And when when we stray away, like he wants us to lean on faith and the universe has my back. So when I repeat, it's like a mantra. And sometimes it's like over and over and over again. But that's when you really, you rely on the faith and you become that next version of you. You don't become the next version of you tiptoeing through the tulips and dancing through Candyland. You do not. Okay? I love Candyland though. (laughs) I love Candyland. But we do not become the next version of ourselves in Candyland. We become the next version of ourselves playing Frogger when we're actually the Frogger. We're the frog. Okay. And there's 90,000 Mack trucks coming for this little cute frog, just desperately trying to cross the road. How fast are you going to move your frog tush? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let it squish you. No. Yeah. So I think that's something that everybody needs to know is that even at a high level of leadership, there's always another obstacle, another fear that we have to face and choose whether we're going to push through that or we're going to let that fear hold us back and stand still. And the fear, there will always be more fear, right? Because we're always striving for that next level of greatness. And it's all about overcoming that fear and doubt and insecurity, et cetera. What are, I love your mantra, you guys, you, that mantra, I mean, it, it pierced my soul. It really pierced my soul. Everything happens for us. Everything happens for us. And sometimes when you're in the midst of it, it sure doesn't feel like it. But when you're on the other side of it so many times, you can look back and go, yeah, that happened for me. What are some other steps that you take when you're in the midst of a crisis? (laughs) A crisis. Well, we know gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. It's literally, gratitude is like an antidote, an antibody. It's like a cure for everything and anything. So always focusing on what you're grateful for. Also as a leader and in your life, like what's your vision? Because when you hold your vision, like when that, when I had that conversation at 21, the reason why there was a line drawn in the sand, I already saw myself as a mom. The vision was now created and the vision was bigger than the words coming out of this doctor's mouth. The doctor didn't know my will. The doctor didn't know my faith in God. The doctor didn't know my love for absolutely seeing this through and creating a miracle and taking, you know, stopping at nothing. And so would we find the gratitude? And when we have a vision, it's focusing on that vision. So many people in life see what's going on, seeing what is but it's kind of like removing yourself, right? And looking at it from 360 degrees above, what can we learn? How can we be better? How can we expand? You know, what is this showing us? What is this telling us? It's it's kind of like a scavenger hunt of the heart and the soul, right? When we're kind of like given a challenge and then we need to find ourselves, find the find the vision, find the belief, you know, find the reason, find the way. 
you know, fu- just it's like a scavenger. It's like I got all my stuff. I don't know about you guys. When I was in high school, I was like, when we had a scavenger hunt, I'm like, boom. Like I, I was stopping at nothing to get everything I needed on that scavenger hunt. And then there was another one. And so that's that's the thing. Just like Deanna said, no matter where we grow to, in fact, the bigger you become as a leader, the bigger the stuff. Like I'm like, every time I'm like, I've seen it all. I'm like, no, I'm apparently starring in this show. We haven't seen it all. And, you know, it's like a lid. You, you success, leadership, vulnerability. You know, I, I always like to, I use this analogy, like as we grow our leadership, because you don't realize how vulnerable you really need to be with yourself and everything. It's like swinging from a flagpole naked, right? You've got everything out there and you're swinging. Okay. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got my clothes on. I feel good. Like I feel good. That's like my, you know, I, I feel good here. Like I've got the skills, I've got the ability, I've got the vision. And then you hit the next thing. You're like, oh, I'm on the flagpole again. I'm on the flagpole again. And so, but it's the gratitude. It's it's the vision. It's focusing on the what's next and knowing no matter what, God's got a plan. Like I'm in this, I asked for this. I prayed for this. I'm having faith. And so many people pull over and they wait in the sidelines and they wait for the ashes to stop. Walk through the flame, walk through the flame. Because when you walk through a flame, you know what's going to happen? You're going to light your soul on fire from the heat. And there's nothing more powerful than the human soul set on fire. So walk through the flame. Absolutely. Amen, sister. Amen. So gratitude, your mantra. I love that. And what about the time frame? How long? As short as possible. You know, Mm -hmm. as we grow our leadership, things, I look back at my leadership journey and there were things that took me months to get over that take minutes now. So the idea is to shorten the gap, right, between the obstacle and the way and the solution, because we're filled with solutions. We always have answers, like we're limitless. We have the solution, we have the tools, we have the vision, we have the gratitude, we have the love, we have we have everything inside of us. But early on in our leadership, it's personal, it's about me. We feel like a victim. Something was done to us. And here's what I could tell you in my experience. Nothing is done to us. Everything is done for us. And sometimes it's it's getting on the other side to know it was done for us. But if we if we live there, if we focus on the obstacle, if we focus on what was done to us, then we're living in a victim state and nothing grows in a victim state. And all of us at some point in our life has been victimized to something, whether it's words somebody's done or an action, somebody, everybody has. But the question is, when do we move past this? Because fear never goes away. When you look at the, the letters, F-E-A-R, right? It's fear everything and run or face everything and rise. You've got a choice. Same letters, right? And fear and faith, they're both invisible. They're both invisible. You get to choose what you focus on, but when you focus on faith, the gap becomes stronger. When you focus on the lesson, the gap becomes shorter. So the idea 
is not to eliminate obstacles from your life because we don't have control over that stuff, but to shorten the time frame that each one has. And like, I mean, there's sometimes that things happen now. It doesn't, it literally doesn't even affect me because it's just. Right. Irrelevant. But in the beginning it would have taken. Yes. In the beginning. Like yeah. do the work. Yes. Yeah. Do the work so you can push through that do later. The work. And it's not the physical yes. work. It's not the labor work. It's the internal work. It's, it's like, it's the mind work. It's the heart work. It's the soul work. It's like knowing who you are what you stand for, what your, you know, your intentions, what your purpose is, what your gifts are. Because when you remind yourself of all that stuff, nobody's going to make you feel any different. Nobody can take your power away unless you give them permission, unless you give them your power wrapped up in a box. That's yours and yours alone. I love it. That's exactly right. I heard something that was that's so beautiful that actually stuck with my mind. Well, every person is brought into your life as an emotional teacher. Think about that. I mean, if we look at every single person that walks in our lives, they're going to teach us how to manage our emotions. So are you going to choose that victim mentality that keeps you stuck in the mud? Or are you going to realize this is supposed to teach me something? I need to own my power. And that's exactly what you're saying. And Debbie Neal, I can't think of any other person that I know that has absolutely 100% owned your power. When I hear, I talk to her on the phone, we talk um, quite regularly and she's like, I mean, just the Debbie Neal way. It's all like, I know what I'm created to do. I know where I'm going. She is a person that is so sure of her power. And I absolutely love that about you. Love that well, about you. You rub off on me, right? You, we rub <laughs> off on each other. We yeah. have conversations. It's only you and I. And we're like, we're so jacked up. We're like, we could take on the world. We don't even know what to do. And so we do that for one another. And again, when you guys are on your leadership journey, you want to be spending your time with people that like when we have, sometimes it's deep conversations, sometimes it's personal conversations, but when we're growing and when we're expanding and when we're tossing ideas around, it's always like lifting, it's uplifting, it's challenging. It's like, wait, expand on that. Tell me this. How could we do this? How could we create that? Or why would you say that? I'm going to call you out on it. Like, why would you say that? And and I can tell you for e each one of us, if we feel like somebody's ever done something to us, right? And this is where we're so good for one another. No, we take that person completely out of the equation. And we're like, this is the lesson. This is, this. it's not about that person. Find the gratitude. Like, let's, like, because that's really what it is. You don't want to get on the phone with somebody like, oh my God, I cannot believe he or she did this to you. And like, that's not what's going to elevate you and help you find your power because there's power in not giving that power. Yeah. And there's, giving. there's so many times when you and I were so, I think we're so good at this is when we are having those times where it's that low level energy, we don't call each other to infect each other with that low level injury in energy. But there are times when, you know, I'll text Debbie and say, you got a second. <laughs> and she knows, Oh, I'm going to have to talk her off the ledge and, and vice versa. And there's so many times when I get off the phone with you 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I just got the spanking of my entire life. And I'm so grateful for that. I want that in a person. And you, you are that person. Thank you for spanking me so many times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've spanked one another. That goes to our relationship. Okay. Everybody needs needs somebody who's willing to kick their butt in a good, loving way. Because, you know, when you, if we were to give each other permission to stay there or stay in that place, then you hold your friend back and you hold yourself back because nothing grows in in a conversation. Look, we're humans. There's times we don't feel grateful. There's times that we are angry or there's times that we, you know, whatever. But you want to be speaking to somebody that um, that gets you out of that. You don't need permission to feel hurt. You need an invitation to rise up and let it go and just expand in that space and like feel your power and your gratitude and love because love conquers. And when we feel doubt, it's not love. When we feel anger, it's not love. When we feel resentment, it's not love. When we feel like we've been a victim of something, it's not love. And so anything that takes us off that path is not leading us to our purpose. It's it's just not serving us. Nothing grows in those areas. Mm-mm. So powerful. So powerful. So Debbie, give us some last minute words to those women who really want to take those next steps to their greatness, but they're in that path where there's that fork in the road. And how would you walk them through how to choose the greater side of them? Make a decision, like a decision, like, and people like, oh, you know, what kind of a decision? Like a decision that you're going to take 100% ownership for your life. You know, you are, we are where we are today as a result of the choices we've made up till this point. And sometimes you might think of this and say, you know what? I actually want to find that woman. I want to smack her right in the forehead because I didn't choose this. Okay. But subconsciously and energy wise, sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't. But here's the thing. You can't control what somebody has done to you or said to you, but you do have a hundred percent control over how you allow it to affect you. So sometimes we want to be right. We want to be like, yeah, some people might have a re I could have had many really good reasons to be mad at life or mad at people, but I have faith in God. I have faith in me. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, I was put on this earth to breathe life and hope and possibility and truth into the hearts and the souls of millions of people. I know God put that into me. And so what he was saying to me is if you want to have the honor and the privilege of touching millions of people, I'm going to test you like every one of his disciples ever were tested in life. So you want to realize who are you? What do you stand for? What do you want to create? Why are you on this earth? What gift? Because you all have gifts inside of you. You have gifts of endless possibilities to make a difference in our world, to make a difference in the lives of other people. And when we play small, when we don't believe that we're enough, when we stand on the edge of the cliff and we're not jumping, you know, here, come a little closer to me because I'll throw you off the cliff. 
Okay. I will throw you off and you'll grow your wings on the way down. So I'm going to challenge you to take 100% responsibility for your life up till this point. And if you think there's a person that's holding you there, release it. Don't give your power away. You know, we've all seen that quote. One day she woke up and she remembered who she was. Who are you? What are your dreams? Because here's the thing. We have one life and absolutely no dress rehearsal. There will be a point in our lives. You know, people say I had a bad day or, or we had stuff in our life. Be grateful you have stuff because what's the alternative, right? When life doesn't happen, life doesn't happen, right? So find the gifts, find the gratitude, wake up every day with a happy and full heart, do the work on yourself and look yourself in the mirror every single day and say, you know what? I've got it. I am enough. I am worthy. And I am an example to so many people. So I am going to get up. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to strap up my big girl and my big boy panties. Okay. And I am going to figure out and find my purpose and I'm going to live it no matter what anybody else says, because what other people think of you is not your business. You know, somebody once told me that I was like, huh, somebody once also told me, Deb, you're not that significant. And I remember thinking, yes, I am. I am. But actually we're not, we're not that significant. So it's like leaving the ego aside, get leaving the damage inside all of us aside and living with intention and love and purpose. I love you. I love Pure fire. Girl, sister, you have just filled my spirit. So I know that this podcast is going to touch so many lives. So thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. And I know having me. Yes. Tell everybody about your podcast. It's Level Up with Debbie Neal. Level Up with Debbie Neal. So you're going to be a guest on mine. Like we're just, we do, we're like, um, who do we say we were? Sam and Libby. Sam and Libby. The double D's, whatever you want to call us, but call us whatever um, you want. But we're two souls connected for life on fire. And you guys, you know what? We are fierce business women and leaders, but we love to laugh. We have fun. I, I mean, I can't even there's not there's another should be another whole podcast for that type of stuff. I mean, we have we laugh till we cry. We've laughed till we've peed. Like <laughs> Might be too much information, but you know what? Life is about living it and it's about having fun and laughter is the best soul medicine on the planet. So you not only want to be with people that force you to level up, but people that just make you laugh and cry and love because again, the law of attraction is all about feeling. It's about feeling your very best and attracting your very best. Awesome. Awesome. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. And you guys, for those of you who have joined us today, I just want to remind you that you can be a part of my private Facebook group called Deanna's Diamonds. It's a group of empowering women who want to be their very best. We are learning how to own our power, seeing our vision and following through with our purpose so that we can impact so many lives. Go follow me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. I do answer my own messages. A lot of these podcasts have come 
the topics from you. So I do appreciate hearing from you. And as always, you guys, if this podcast added value to you, I would love for you to go and follow this podcast, share, rate, and review. I can't wait to see you next Tuesday on our next podcast. Take care, everyone. God bless.